Welcome back to Table Manners, guys. It's Didi and I'm Amber. And we've been gone for a few weeks because life happens and shit. But we bite. And we did have a second episode for you guys, but unfortunately, technology fails. So it's cool. I, I think Maine failed us that time. They did, but it's cool. You know, people make mistakes, so it's all good. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about insecurities. Mm. First of all, let's talk about emotional unstable households because I, they contribute to insecurities. Like all the friends I know who quote unquote had, you know, stable households, like they're all good right now. Like they're all in healthy, what it seems like healthy marriages. Like, you know what I'm saying? They have good careers. Like they're doing well. I was like, oh, so that shit really does play a role. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I did ask. That's really a thing. Yeah. So, um, so what do you think an emotionally unstable household is in your definition? Um, sadly, there's households where adults are jealous of the children. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if you're in a mixed household or a blended family, like, um, the adult could be jealous of, like, the other parent in that child's relationship uh-huh. as, as if that parent and that child was an established first, like, shit. Okay. So, I think an unstable household, well, an emotionally unstable household um, involves some type, not all the time, you know, some out-the-wall trauma, but some type of trauma usually. Um, I feel like there's disconnect between parenting and, like, the smallest things, like, even people with money can have emotionally unstable households. And the smallest things, like... um, even not hugging your children and saying I love you to your children, like that's a big thing. And honestly, that's one of the things that messed me up a lot. And that's I feel like that made me like more emotional because you know, my parents didn't tell me I love you every day. Like I didn't get hugs. Like money wise, we were good, but my mom told me she loved me like once every three months, probably. Because she, she was weird. always working in. Yeah, my like, mom had always made it a point to say it every day. Yeah, and it's kind of like sometimes parents think that when you do or when you provide or if you have this, this and you give that's their way of showing love or whatever. But as a child, you don't understand that. You know what I mean? Like when my daughter runs up to me, I can never see myself denying her a hug. You know what I'm saying? Or not, or saying like, not saying I love you to her. Like I have to say it at least three times a day. Because that shit is normal. Yeah. Like me and Elijah say that shit nonstop. I have to say that to her. Like even when I'm mad at her, I have to tell her I love you because I feel like it really affected me. Like people are like, why are you so emotional? I'm like, I think that's why I'm so emotional. But yeah. Definitely, it definitely plays a part, and it makes you grow up. You know, maybe if you don't, not you uh, personally, but you know, people. If you if you didn't hear that, or if you don't think you felt that, you might grow up looking for it. Yeah, looking for love, possibly in all the wrong places, and whatever the case, like it's just just not weird. You you nurtured that child, you took care of that child, everything else. People, but people are jealous of their children. They are. Um, actually, somebody told, well, somebody asked me before, I was seeing this therapist for a long time, and she was like, you think your mom is jealous of you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. But, you know, jealousy comes in different forms. It doesn't have to be looks. It doesn't have, you know what I'm saying? It could be little things that you're jealous of somebody. The slightest thing makes you jealous of somebody. So, Or maybe because they provided you with the lifestyle that they never had as a child. Or they, like, how the fuck you at? Or they see things in you 
that they couldn't have done themselves. Like confidence, you know what I'm saying? Think, like little things like that or speaking up for yourself. Little things like that are a big thing because there's some things that I'm like, dang, I wish I could do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, she's so outgoing. I wish I was that outgoing sometimes. But just got to do that shit. Speaking of, um, what are we talking about, dang? Are we forgetting? Yeah, speaking of um, unstable households and looking for love in all the wrong places. All right, so remember in high school you had rollers? <laughs> I remember what a roller was. Oh, yes. Oh, you a roller, girl. You PT cruiser. Yeah. Um, I remember, I'll never forget when my father first learned that term because he's a high school football coach. He didn't even know what it meant. He just heard the guys talking about it. This was years ago. He came to the house one day. He was like, are you a roller? And I looked at him, my mother said, she better not be. Then he was like, wait, what is a roller? We told him. And then he get the card and he said, you better not be. I'm like, nigga, that's why you don't repeat everything you fucking hear, you Because you don't even know, yeah. So people like that, um, I think that plays a big role in it, too. Like, not necessarily everybody, but girls like that. Let me not say girls like that. How do I say it? What, like, like hoes? People that are promiscuous? Yeah, at a young age. Yeah, looking for looking for uh, that attention or that love that they didn't get somewhere. Right, yeah, at a young age. There was this movie on Lifetime called um, Someone to Love Me. I love Lifetime movies. And this there was a new girl, and she moved to the city. And, like, every week, like, these guys would be asking her on a date. And she was very attractive. Like, she slept with, like, the whole football team in, like, three weeks. But, like, she just lost her dad, like, three months before that. And her mom, like, didn't have a job. She was just, like, emotionally distraught. And the end, like she ended up getting raped and stuff like that. He went to court and all that. And yeah, she was a movie, but she was fucked up. Like I feel like shit like that really fucks people up. Facts. That's very true. Yeah. I, people do do that because it's like um, they they never felt that love before, or they don't know when they'll ever feel that love again. Yeah. How you feel about Nikki? You think Nikki's insecure? She's insecure as fuck. You think so? She's insecure I don't think she's insecure. I think she's... Um... She's insecure as fuck. She's fucking jealous that Cardi B's gonna come out and be better than her. I don't think she is, though. She's insecure as fuck. But I... that's because you're a fucking Nikki fan. I think and that... And not that I'm not a Nikki fan, but she's ex- exhibiting clown-ass behavior. You know what's crazy how history repeats itself? Because this is the same behavior that Lil' Kim supposedly did to her. When she was coming out. And it's not out. even that, like, Lil' Kim did to her, like... Yeah, actually, it Lil' is. Kim wanted Nicki to pay her homage. And now Nicki wants Cardi to pay her homage. But, like... Did she... She never, like... not She she never just came out and said, I want to shout out Nicki. But why did she have to do that? There's so many other female rappers, and they didn't come out and say, shout out to Nicki. Right. That's true. I don't know. I feel like... She just didn't expect Cardi to blow up the way that she did as fast as she did. She shift that. It's going to move that. Shift it off. See? Yeah, lay that against the other way. Oh, long way? Try way. Oh, no, wrong way. Yeah, honestly, I think Nikki, um, I don't know. I think she might she might be bored too. Like, how is she like 34? Like she's on drugs. She's on drugs, probably. I think she's really bored. Like, and I'm so I don't care what one no woman says. I don't want kids. Okay, girl, no, I don't let's care. speak about like, let's, let's stop. speak about uh female abusers. Because apparently Meek Mill had came out and said that Nikki was abusive to him. And did you see Safari's uh 
you probably didn't because you didn't do that. You don't be on the Twitter. But Safari had made tweets of how Nikki tried to kill him and he was bleeding profusely and they ended up having to call an ambulance. And instead of saying that Nikki stabbed him, he just said he tried to commit suicide. You know what's crazy? Because in paramedic school, it was like a whole section of one of the chapters like that. And it was like men who are abused, like no matter what happens, they will not 90% of the time, they won't tell the cops what really happened. Because they're in the first of all, they're a little shame because a woman I'm about to say, they don't want to look weak that a yeah. woman got, got out their ass, but that shit is, I think she's an abuser. I definitely think she's like a verbal abuser and an emotional abuser. You could just tell that, but listen to her interviews. She's from the island, though. So, not saying that, but island girls be crazy, dog. Like, no excuse. An it ain't, but she be abuser. crazy. Are, are you asking, do I think it's wrong if females abuse men? It is wrong because. All right, so this was the big thing. When that thing was going viral on Twitter, everybody was like, so many people were laughing at the fact that she stabbed Safari and almost killed him. But if Safari would have stabbed her and almost killed her, everybody would have been like, oh, hell no. Lock him up and throw away the key. Yeah. I get it. Um... Or like those videos that go viral of like girls swinging and beating up their boyfriends and people be laughing. But like videos of niggas beating up bitches, people be pissed. Like that shit's same one and one in the same. And I be I be decided to say, if you're a female, you're gonna swing on a nigga, you gotta be expected to get hit back. First of all, somebody's natural reaction is to steal your ass back. Right. I done swung on my fair share of niggas. And I definitely um I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Like, I thought about it a few times. Like being younger and doing it younger and you know, even like a couple of years ago, and like me seeing other females doing that, I'd be like, that's so ugly. Like I'm not that's so ugly. Like it's not right. Like it makes you look weak, it makes you look crazy. I was dating look, this guy. I don't like it. It's He's not, like six no. four. Mm-hmm. And he had pissed me off. And I remember standing up on the bed and we're face to face and the nigga looked at me and was like, Why are you standing on the fucking bed? But I stood on the bed because I knew I was about to deck this nigga. Right. And he must have just saw the look in my face. And he was like, Didi, I swear to God, if you swing at me, I'm going to knock your ass the fuck out. And as soon as he said that shit, I swung. And he ain't knocked me out, though. But he manhandled the shit out of me. And he was just like, after everything calmed down, he was like, if I would have fucked you up, you wouldn't have had nobody to blame but yourself because I told you don't swing with me. I'm like, yeah, you right. But I thought about that shit twice. And I sent a text to my friend that I was about to steal your ass. So if something happened to me, everybody knew it was you. Dog. When I was 19, I was in a situation like that. And this was like the day that we broke up. But um, like we were always like fighting from day one. Like he was hitting back though. Like it was like really like real fist fights. And the last time it was like a full fight for like five minutes. I'm like, yo, why am I fight? I'm really like fighting this nigga. Like, like we're really fighting. <laughs> like, this is not gonna work. Like, I'm not about to fight somebody every day. This is not, this is not okay. It's not healthy. Yeah, I don't know how it's not. <laughs> and there's so many people in relationships like that. They be full-fledged fist fighting a significant other. And I can't do that on a regular basis, but from time to time, sometimes my anger get the best of me. I'm not perfect. I'm not in the live until yeah, we get more spice up because we kind of dry. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we kind of dry. Sorry. Y'all. Can't hear me yet. What are we talking about next? Abusers. Oh, no. Because we got to edit this shit, right? Yeah. Insecurities. Sports. How sports play a role in insecurities. Big role. Had to go on my life. So, speaking of sports playing the insecurity. So, everybody likes to call, like, Odell Beckham Jr. gay. For the shit that he that he does, but like, turn the camera around. Yeah. 
Okay, this wine is a raw combo. I'm, I'm getting hot. For real, I'm completely sober. Like I don't feel sober, but my body's getting hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Okay, what about Dell Beckham Jr.? Like, so you know, people like question his masculine, masculine masculinity, masculinity, or like the things that he do or how he hangs out, and they try to say like, bro, that's gay. But like, what's gay? Like him dancing, him wanting to be a dancer. I think. I think he's feminine. I don't know if necessarily think he's gay, but I think he's feminine. But men can be feminine and be heterosexual. They can, but do you want to? But women like that? are not attracted to that. No, because I'm not. Like I mean, I'm some sorry. women are. Like it, it can, it like it throws, I'm not. it throws me off a little bit because I be like, all right, you say you're straight, you act straight, but then you act like that, and it's not me judging because if you are gay, you know that's that's cool. Like it's not a problem. Like that's what you want to do, cool. <laughs> but it's like you can't be my nigga acting like that. Like I'm sorry. No, for sure. Cause like, um, I feel like I need a nigga that I need to feel protected. I can't date a nigga if I don't feel like. Yo, that is like key. Feeling protected around. If I don't feel protected around you, I'm not gonna respect you as my nigga. Like if I don't feel like if something popped off, you would stand up for me or you would do X, Y, and Z for me. You can't. You, can't. you know my ex, and I had a problem with him with that. Think, think. Don't say his name. But just I know. think. Thing. Do I say uh when I think of him? Yes. Uh, I can tell. Because <laughs> birds of a feather fucking flock together. together. Men, never, that's so true. But for men, that's true as fuck. I never, you know, like we dated for a while. We dated for quite some time. And I thought that I really, you know, I thought that we were going to make it. But like in hindsight, yeah. I didn't feel protected. I, I, felt like, I felt like I wore the pants. Yo, you know what? In one I feel like if he got in a situation, he would call me versus me calling him. I felt the same way too. And it was just like for a past relationship. We went to Looney's one time. And was it Looney's? We went to somewhere in DC. And niggas tried to holler at me and he didn't say nothing. Then we went to Looney's and a white boy said something. Then he said something. I was like, oh, so you can say something to a white boy, but you can't say nothing to some niggas who, who approach me? Because he don't That's want no pussy. real smoke. Exactly. You, you but can't what be... if that white boy would have whipped his ass? Exactly. White people can fight. I, I don't go smoke anybody. I don't give a fuck. I want to smoke with whoever wants to smoke with me. I always say that shit, but right. that's not a joke. I really want to smoke with whoever wants... If you listening, you want to smoke with me, smoke with me, I want to smoke with you too. My lad, no. I want to smoke with whoever wants to smoke with me. And I had a white bitch pop off on me before she got her ass beat though, For like real? got her ass beat the fuck up, but she popped off first. I think I almost fought, not almost, but this white girl in class was trying to size me up before, and this was like the day I broke up. I especially feel some type of way when white people try to size me up. Yes, like, I'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm not my ancestors, bitch. My hands to go off, but I hate when people say that because back in the day, ancestors used to not not slaves, but like back in the day, like grandparents, they used to do grimy ass shit to people and get away with it. What you mean? Like, you ain't never hear story. I can't even think, let me think, let me think. Like, stories and shit, like, your folks have set up a whole hit, and everybody know your folks set up that hit, but they got away with that shit. Nobody told. For real, you know, gangsta, I always wonder, like I, always, I always wonder why white people, like, when there was, like, segregation and all that and race, like, I mean, it's still racism. But you know what I mean? Like, when it was all, the whole time, why they always said that white people were, I mean, black people were liars we're conniving, we're like snakes, we're all this and that, we're rapists. I'm like, where did y'all make this get this from? Did y'all make, make that, shit up? that shit up? Because that's exactly what y'all are. Rapists. Mm. That shit dates back to slavery. Insecurities too. You're insecure about what you do about yourself. So you put that's like people. I seen a I seen a tweet today that uh people when people were saying when Obama first got elected that he was gonna make white people be slaves. Look at that insecurity jump the fuck out. Oh yeah, I remember that shit too. I was like, what? 
Look at that insecurity. Jump the fuck out. Because that's what the fuck. Like, look at the administration now. Look at what Trump is doing to Hispanics. So we, I saw a black Klansman last week. And I can't even hold you. I never even heard of that shit. I must have watched enough. For TV. real, you don't watch enough TV. It, it was, it's a Spike Lee joint, literally. It's it was a really good movie, and it really like pointed out all these points of racism that we're like still experiencing. I don't I don't want to give the movie away, but there was a part where like the movie was based in like the early seventies, so there was a part of the movie where that related to this part of life. It was like the head clansman or whatever. And they were like, it was rumors that he um, he wanted to run for office. The black guy was like, there's no way America would ever elect a racist person or a Klansman in the office. And it's like, how ironic. How ironic, right? My lab is really blowing me. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Is your Wi-Fi on? They don't have Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it is. is. That's why I had to turn mine <laughs> off, too. That's embarrassing. We in a trap. Just joking. It's right. not really the trap. It's not, but sometimes it feels like the trap. <laughs> sometimes it do. Trap. Like I be putting up like today. I was like, who are these niggas? Like, let me like check my surroundings because it be niggas sometimes, and not in a bad way, but and that be my problem because I be like, I would have just hopped out the car any fucking way. Yeah, I be trying to be aware of my surroundings now. I mean, I was aware. I put my eyeballs on everybody. Ever since I got jumped before, like, I'd be, like, so aware of myself. When the fuck did you get jumped? Because I'll never forget that time we was at that uh, cookout at University of Maryland, and you and them girls pulled up, and y'all got to beating them bitches up. Like, I ain't never seen no shit like that in my life. I was like, damn, am I about to have to jump in? And you was like, no, we got it. Y'all beat them bitches up and rolled out. Them bitches left, changed their shoes, came back, and I was clowning them. Like, they gone now. The fuck? Y'all came back to do what? They Y'all got beat up and they gone already. Y'all should have just took off your shoes and pulled barefoot because y'all got beat the fuck up. I was being a good friend. I understood the cause. I was like, you know what? Her friend pop off. I'm going to just follow Sue and pop off. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, I, I thought like, that was your fuck. fight. It wasn't my fight. It was. It wasn't my fight. I knew what happened, but it wasn't my fight. So I was there in case the best friend popped off, and the best friend tried to pop off. So I was like, "Oh well, then I guess I gotta beat the best friend up, and then you beat that best friend up." And then by the time my best friend stopped beating the other girl up, it was a whole like different fight. Then it was a group fight. I'm like, "Damn, all, we all fighting!" It turned into a whole fucking melee, <laughs> and then I looked around, and it was like a thousand we people all fighting watching. And that was my last fight. <laughs> but yeah, I got jumped. Um. Senior year, going to this graduation party. Like, I went to Rose, so I don't know what these... Like, you know, sometimes, like, suburban niggas always try to be, like, hood for whatever reason. So these people wanted to have a party in Kentland. Not just any part of Kentland. They wanted to have a party in Kentland Zoo by the rec center. At that rec center. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So me being young and naive, me and my friend waiting for a ride. We walk. We walking in the neighborhood. Like, this niggas trying to talk to us. I'm like, all right, whatever. We in the hood. Blah, blah, blah. So I turn around... I see some girls following us. I'm like, whatever. So I look back, and they still following us. So I tell my best friend at the time, I'm like, yo, I think we're about to get jumped. She's like, no, we're not. We're good. You're right by the gas station. I'm like, all right, cool. So I turn around again, and lo and behold, we got jumped by five people. So I'm fighting. I'm like, yo, like, I cannot, be- I cannot believe I'm getting jumped right now. So my, fr- my friend was skinny. So it was two girls fighting her, and there were three fighting me. So it's literally one person right here. It's one person behind me, and it's one person to the side of me. So at this point, I'm just swinging, like, however I can swing. I'm trying my hardest not to fall on the floor. Like, <laughs> this fight goes on for, like, five minutes. 
there's some old crackhead junkie I never forget walks by and says, God damn, can't even walk around my own fucking neighborhood about people fighting every day. <laughs> <laughs> and that was how I got jumped. I remember when I thought I was going to get jumped around Barry Farms once. Oh, why was you over there? I was with my friend and we were with, we went, somebody had passed away that she knew uh-huh. and his family lived around there. And I remember we were walking down the sidewalk and these girls were walking towards us. And it was like, okay, I'm going to move to the side. They're going to move to the side so we could walk past freely. But no, these bitches wanted to bump. And I didn't bump her. And it wasn't like I went out with no bitch. Like no bitch. But I'm like, this is not my hood, Mo. Yeah, so I didn't bump her. I, <laughs> I just moved my shoulder to the side. But then I stopped and was like, oh, like she wanted to smoke. But we was walking with this girl who did live around there. So the girl was like, I mean, what's up? So I'm looking like, all right. What's up? about to happen. Yeah, I'm like, all right, what's up? But then the girl was like, I guess the girl that acted like she wanted to smoke had a problem with the girl that we was with. But she didn't want to pop up. Like, she never tried to bump her. She tried to bump me. Right. But I guess she didn't think that I was, I don't know what she thought, but I just was like, mo. Like, I moved my shoulder back. I was like, dog, did this bitch just try to bump me? And the girl turned around and was like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm about to fight around here, No, I can't. I can't. This is why I don't hang out around here. I can't fight you. You seen that post that say, uh, I'm too bougie for certain hood shit, but I'm too I hood am. for certain bougie shit. No, let me tell you, I'm I'm too like I finally at 27, like I finally admit. Y'all, y'all gotta start mixing y'all wine. I don't even drink vodka, but mix your wine with Ciroc. Ciroc and wine. No, not a whole it's bunch of Ciroc. Shit. One you shot of Ciroc little, and little, wine. Shut them, shut them in the bottom. Yeah, get, get the little shots from the little the little joints from the uh, liquor store. But pour it in your wine. Pour it in your cup of wine. Make you sweat. But yeah, me being 27, I now realize that I really am too bougie for shit. Even jobs, like, I'm sorry, like I can't, I can't do that. Like, I went to an interview and these they really thought it was too, I didn't fit the the area I was in. I was like, you know what? When I left, they're absolutely right. Why the fuck, excuse me, why do I want to drive <laughs> to Southeast? Not even why do I wanna why do I wanna work in Berry Farms every single day? Why do I wanna walk to my car like that? That's uncomfortable. Yeah, I am too bougie for things like that. But you gotta admit that. Then I'm like, yo, I don't wanna be in Calvert County for a whole bunch of people I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? So I'm too ghetto for that, but I'm not about to be in Southeast Southeast every five days a week working. Yeah. I would never forget that. I remember the outfit I had on. I remember the necklace I had on for my grandmother's jewelry box. And all I could think was, if I would have dropped this necklace, how mad I would have been. Yo, they stole my elephant necklace I had. But some <laughs> it was for some Forever 21 shit. I'm so glad I have a phone at that time. Because I had like an old flip phone. They threw that shit back. And I was like, oh, well, thank God I didn't have my G2 at the time. But anyway, back to insecurity. So, um, <laughs> so sports. I wasn't insecure to fight that bitch. I was just smart. Right. I'm not in my hood. I mean your hood. Right. So, um But I'm gonna fight. But she ain't wanna fight. I'm glad you didn't fight. Me too. Cause they ain't no telling how that shit would have been. I'm not fighting nobody no more. But yeah, um I can't even say that for a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. That shit blew me. Okay. I ain't never had nobody fake on me like that and then didn't even fight back. So I didn't even like I'm like, bitch, you said you wanted to fight me. And now that we're fighting, you're not even swinging back. I just had to, and that wasn't even my fight. I was fighting for somebody else. That's it's never your, the fights never be your fight. <sighs> but yeah, so um, what was insecurity? So sports, play your own. I feel like sports really do. What sports did you do growing up? I did cheerleading and I did track. Okay, so growing up, I did cheerleading. 
I did gymnastics, I did softball, and that was it. But cheerleading is a sport. Cheerleading consumed my entire life from the time I was eight to the time I was college. Twenty three, yeah. So I remember my second year cheering. I went to Lanham Boys and Girls Club, and you know, like the second week, they that's when they try to like put everybody in a position. Are you going to be a base? You're going to be a fire? You're going to be a backspot? Blah blah blah. So like, if y'all don't know me, like I'm five two. I'm not even five two. I'm five one and like three quarters. I'm really tiny. I've always been like the shortest person. But um, so they were putting us up or whatever. I remember one of the coaches, they were like teenagers. And they like, it was this thing where to be a flyer, they looked at your legs. <laughs> so like they put us up. And they're like, I used to be a flyer. They were like, well, Amber's tiny, but uh, her legs are so big. And I'm eight. So from that point on, every time I cheered, I looked at my legs and even now I look at my legs to be an indicator of if I gain weight ever since that moment. I wish you cut that shit out. But I and get what you mean. You get what I mean? But I it stuck with a, me the entire time. I used to time. be a flyer when I cheered for Glenn, all the boys and girls club. Woo-woo. Yeah. Y'all was our little rivals. Y'all in Pepper Mill. Ugh. And um, Kettering. Kettering. Kettering was, was, was everybody. Who was yellow and black? Kettering. Kettering was That's only because they were so deep. Like, I'm sorry. They were just that so was deep. They were just deep. Yeah, they were just deep as fuck. If you stuff. used to cheer for them, fuck you. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I got to high school and we were talking about... Uh, I know, I should have been a flyer. I was in Bowie, though. Shout out to Bowie State for letting me fly my last year. And I was a bomb flyer for Bowie, but thank you. I remember when I got to high school and we talking about positions and I told them that I used to be a flyer and they was like, no, you're a base. But that's because I was heavy and thick down bottom. But, thing, I, but I was a bomb-ass base, and I like being a base. In fact, I didn't mind. You know who used to be my flyer? Your little cousin. Brittany, I know. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Oh, I'm not even going to put her out there like that. But shout-out to Brittany, but yeah. I love her. That's my little baby. But, yeah. but she used to be my flyer, her and this girl, Taryn, who was very thick, but she was a good-ass flyer. And I was just strong, so. But that's how it was. Like, but ever since that point, like I always like looked at my legs. So, like, cheering, like, you know, it's a lot of... So, when you were eight years old, you caught an insecurity about your body based on your coaches. Yes. Isn't that crazy? And then I kept, you know, I kept cheering. You want to know when I got an insecurity in sports and in track? Because we used to wear the tank tops and the shorts. Uh And they always had a bigger butt. Yeah. And I used to be looking at them like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do about it? Like, even my dad used to say, like... You need to wear bigger shorts because you got to, you got to have, he's called a half hats because you got to have hats. And I yeah. used to be like, what the fuck am I supposed to do about that? I, I don't know how to wake up today without a high hats. The fuck? But I don't, I don't think that that made me insecure. Did that make me insecure? It didn't really make me insecure, but maybe more like self-conscious of like maybe what I put on or when I walk past certain groups. Like it used to be a hundred degrees outside of the track meets and they'd be like, you need to put on your sweatpants. It's hot as shit outside. No, that like that definitely stuck with me. Like even like going into All Star and going into like all the different, um, going into like like all the different teams. Like I cheer for like like appearance was like a big thing. Like even tumbling, my mom used to say like I can tell when you're insecure about something. I can tell you don't feel comfortable in a group because before you go to tumble, you bite your nails. So every time I would move up a level and I would be with people who were already on that level for like two weeks and I would just be coming into that level to tumble, I would do this thing like before I went, I would always bite my nose or I would always like move back and move back and move back. Like cheering was a confidence booster, but it was also 
like a, not an insecurity thing, but it like it made me aware of things I didn't I wasn't really aware of. It made me aware of body, it made me aware of talent, like all of that things. Look, cheer, cheering is like cheering is a sport. People don't realize how much of a sport cheering is. Like and how much it takes to actually be a fucking cheerleader. Like the, yeah, the average like, Joe couldn't be no fucking the, cheerleader. The verbal abuse from coaches, like everything. we had a coach, we had two gay coaches, and they used to throw Chain. his fucking Timberland. No, fuck shade. This nigga would throw his big ass size 14 Bernard shoe at oh 17 big ass boot at us. If we ain't do something right, the nigga would take off his shoe and throw it at us. I remember he used to pour water on top of our heads. It didn't matter if we just got our hair done. I mean, he poured water on top of our heads and then he'll just give you the money to get your hair redone. This girl had just got her hair done that day before uh-huh. practice. He fucking took a water bottle and poured that shit all over her fucking hair. Are you serious? Because she was fucking up in practice. It was like, tell your mother I did it. But he gave her the money at the end of practice to get her hair redone. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, our coach used to like cuss at us and all that type of stuff. And verbal abuse, straight verbal abuse, straight verbal abuse. Real shit. But I think I started feeling insecure in sports and track. Because I used to be the top of my age group. I used to be fast in my age group until I moved up into like 13, 14. Uh-huh. And then when I moved up to 13, 14, they were fast as shit. And I wasn't slow, but I wasn't fast as shit either. And then that's when I kind of fell out of love with it. And then mm-hmm. that's when I, I always shared and ran track like simultaneously, but that's when I kind of just was like, I don't want to run track anymore. And I just kind of stuck to cheerleading. I was good at that. I was the captain like every year. College was different though. Like, so once I like got, I, I don't even think I would have cheered on the college level. So once I got like finally secure, like my junior year of college, all that was everything. Going to Hampton freshman year was another big insecurity thing because I was told to cheer at Hampton you had to be light skinned. From the from from Walter to everybody who was at Hampton, like, oh, you can't cheer. You have to be light skinned. I'm like, what? the fuck type of shit is that? Like, yeah, the president only likes light-skinned cheerleaders. So I'm like, all right, well, it's the middle of the summer. I'm at summer school. I am dark at this point. Like, there is nothing light-skinned about me. Like, so I'm like, fuck, I'm about to go on to college. I'm about to not make my first team because of appearance. So I remember that summer, um, and I used to date, I used to date somebody. When I came for summer school, he was like, dang, Blackie, what happened? You was a pretty brown. Now you all black and shit. And I'm like, dang. What? But that I used to get comments on my on my skin too. I remember I'll never forget. I want to say she was my fourth grade teacher, Miss Canty. I don't know if she was she my second grade teacher, or my fourth grade teacher. I can't remember, but her name is Miss Canty. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. And I still have the picture to this day. She made us draw self portraits, uh-huh. and I colored my picture with a black crayon. And she pulled me in the bathroom and she said, "Why did you do that?" And I'm uh-huh. like, "What do you mean?" Because I did used to be insecure about. My skin tone when I was a kid because I used to be teased about how dark I was. I used to, mm-hmm. I mean, look at me now. Right. Um, y'all can't see me, but like in the summer, I get black as shit. But today, baby, every time I get dark, I be geeking. I'm, I'm like, yo, like, I'm like, yo, where's my tan this summer? I need to get darker. Like, why am I so light right now? But yeah, he said that to me. So when I went into that, I already had the thing stigma in my mind. Like, yeah, I'm not I good enough that. because I'm dark skin on this team. Then my coach, on top of that, not to say anything, no shade to anybody at all. My coach was an AKA. So everything about us had to be about looks. I remember this girl, like the senior in the locker room. This was like November. She was in the mirror. She was like, yo. My hair is broken off because I straighten my, I curl my hair for every single game. I'm like, oh, you're tripping. I'm not, I'm not putting heat on my hair every single game. She was like, we don't have a choice. We can't wear natural hair to cheer at Hampton. And I was like, oh, okay. She's I like, got a weed. She's like, yeah, my hair is broken off. 
You can't wear wigs when you're in college. You can't wear wigs. Can you wear wigs? I think Hampton now allows it, but boy, we cannot wear wigs. If you had tracks, you would not. You were not allowed to chair. You had to sit out. That's crazy. That's right? crazy. I'm like, thank God I have hair because I'm like, yeah, there was people who were sick every time. Every time football season came, every time basketball season came, they had to wear their natural, natural ass hair. hair. Yep. That's crazy. And I remember when I had colored myself with that black crayon. <laughs> she pulled me in the bathroom, made me stand in the mirror. She held that picture up next to me and she was like, are you this dark? And I was just like, oh, shit. I'm nowhere near this dark. And she, she made me redo my self-portrait and like... You're gonna pick one of these shades of brown to color yourself. That's I think that's positive though. It was very, that's positive. very positive. It wasn't a Espe- bad thing, especially for a teacher. Because that but from that day forward, Miss Cansey from Miss Cansey's class at Armour Elementary. Woo woo. From that day, our fucking mascot was the Armour Anchors. How corny say, is that? An anchor like a boat. Like anchor. an anchor. Yes. <laughs> that's ugly. I don't like that. But how corny is that? But from that day forward, Miss Cansey. Miss Cainty was the one that made me gain self-confidence about my skin tone. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because her and my dad are, like, still friends. Right. Like, my dad is actually real good mans with her baby daddy. But, like, Miss Cainty was the one who made me look at myself in the mirror and put me up next to my black-ass portrait and was like, don't you ever play yourself like that. And that was the first time I ever heard the term, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, when I don't get my tan, I be mad as shit. Like, I used to date this guy who used to call me black ass. But I don't... I mean, coming from outsiders, it might just yeah. sound offensive, but I knew that he used to be like, bro, I love when you get black with your black ass. Like, I love when you get dark with your black ass. But I call Yo, him fat ass, You too. know my mom... So we just used to insult each other. My like, mom up, told me ass? that's like a... Not a derogatory term for black people, but it's like a thing of saying that you're lower. Like, when they were younger, saying, you're black ass, that's like, a, oh, shit, okay, my black... Like, that's saying, oh, you're dark, like, you were, like, outside type shit. Like, stuff outside, always goes, yeah. Oh, you're black bro. ass. Yeah, like, I mean, but always I used to back. call him fat ass. So we used to insult each other. He'd be like, shut up, black ass. I'm like, shut your fat ass up. But like, he was bigger. I was darker. He's a light-skinned nigga. But you know, mm. I guess that's just where like I, our sense of humor fat had to come into play. light niggas always got the jokes. They're, and they're nasty. They're nasty. Oh, they're so fucking nasty. Ugh. Nasty. Oh, my mom is calling me. Um, I'm not gonna answer. I'm gonna text her. But yeah, oh, have you seen the movie um, Karina Karina? Never even heard of it. Okay, so it's this, this is, based in the 50s, and basically, like, it was this white girl and her dad. The mom had died, and Whoopi Goldberg was like their, their nanny. She came in to take care of them. Anyway, the dad basically fell in love with Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, no, I have heard of this. So the girl at school, she drew a picture, and this was like when schools were still segregated. And she drew a picture of the, the nanny next to her. And then the boy snatched her picture and was like, that's not fair. You, you're you using all the black crayon. Like, that's not your mommy. That's your fuck. That's your maid. And everybody, like, laughed in the class, even, like, the teacher. So, like, I was like, you know what? What color do you color white people when you color? Like, I think I used to color them peach or something or yellow. And it's, yeah, yeah, I think I did, too. And I remember when people used to say things like, um, I remember the first time I heard the nerve of white people to call black people colors when they turn colors. When they get mad, they <laughs> turn red. That. You know what I'm saying? When they be sick, they turn blue. Like they're they pale, turn color, they're purple. And they burn like shit. I mean, I went to Thomas Johnson Middle School. Whoop whoop! Shout out Who's to the TJ. I, don't make that face. That was that was the best year of my life. Oh, I can't even go back there because I was in so much shit. My, my parents fucking shit. My parents didn't even let me go there. I remember crying my fucking eyes out because. 
I thought that I wasn't going to be able to go there. And then when I went there in seventh grade, I remember the school, I started school a week after everybody because I went on a cruise. Uh-huh. And I remember my parents telling me I wasn't going to TJ. And then when they dropped me off to my first day of school at TJ, I was so fucking happy. I ran up to that school looking for all my fucking friends. Like, bitches, I made it! Shout oh, out to God. TJ. I cannot go there. But I had this um, lunch lady. She was super, super light-skinned with blue eyes. But she was a black lady. But uh, was she biracial? I think she was biracial. She was so light-skinned that she went to school back in the segregated days. She was so light-skinned that she could pass for a white girl. And mm-hmm. I remember that she started, that her parents had got her into a white school. She told us this story. Her parents had got her into a white school, but she had gotten into a fight at school with a girl. So the principal called their parents. And she said her black-ass, dark-skinned daddy showed up with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And the principal looked at her and her daddy like, Oh, you're black. And they put her out of that white school and she had to go to the black school. Mm. And she was in fights every day because she was, she was like, light-skinned. She was like, yep, that's so crazy. Color always plays a role. What's, the, what's our last topic for insecurity? Oh, social media. Social media plays a big role in insecurities. And it's so funny that, you know, that we're bringing this up because how the fuck about... I was on Instagram on the shade room and this bitch made a post about how she canceled her wedding because her family and friends would not help provide the $60,000 wedding that she dreamed of. You know what that is too? That's all social media. But social media to me plays a huge role in Instagram. She kept saying that she wanted to be a Kardashian for a day. Bitch. (laughs) Told everybody that they were selfish for not contributing to her $60,000 dream. Well, her husband suggested that they should just go to Vegas and have a wedding. She said, what do you think? I'm a whore. Like, and when her friend told her to stick to your budget, she said, if y'all only had $15,000 for a wedding, you should stick to your budget. Her friend called her a filthy fucking friend. First of all, after watching four weddings, um, you know that show like they do four weddings and they rate them? $15,000 Ain't shit, but I can make fifteen thousand dollars work for me. That's a lot of money. Oh, I can do a lot of stuff with fifteen thousand for a my wedding. Aunts got Girl. My aunts got married. They did a, a small wedding, um, and the budget wasn't that big. But goddamn, you couldn't tell me they didn't drop a fucking bag. Yeah, fifteen is a lot for a wedding. Cause my the most of they my paid, budget is ten, and I'm like, all right. The most that they lot. paid at the wedding, they got married. They went to it was a. I don't want to say that's the nation wedding, but it was Deep Creek. But mm-hmm. they they got a hotel. They paid for a block of rooms. For, you know, family that was coming to stay. They had this amount of rooms for it. The most they paid was for the house. The house that they stayed at for the week was the house that they got married at. So mm-hmm. this shit was multi-purpose. Then, <laughs> and we have, a, we have a special guest. My God, baby. My daughter walked in the room, y'all. She's so sweet. You want to come say hi to the people, Lily? Yeah. Yeah, come here. But yeah, I feel like um, they... Social media plays a role in insecurities, not just in, Say hi in the mic. yourself, hi, but relationships. Say welcome to table manners. <laughs> Go with daddy. <laughs> but yeah, um, even, even like now, like... People try to keep up with what they're not based on social media. I just seen this fucking post that a girl posted her nails of $125 and the viral post that went around was, I don't give a fuck how rich I am. I'm never spending $125 just on my nails. You know what's crazy? I've paid $95 for my nails before. 
my nails and my toes and my eyebrows. Just my nails Tripping. for a basic ombre set was $95. And, you know, I'll tell you what's so ironic about that. Who charged me for that $95? But I paid $95 for my nails before I was like, you know what? I will never, ever pay $95 for nails again. I am so sorry. Like, I cannot do that. But yeah, everything like it would even ha- it will have you questioning everything that's going on right in your life, making you think that you're doing everything wrong, even though you're on your right path, you're on your right guidance. But people around you are making it seem like they live these grand lives. And it's not even it's not even like that. Like, it's, you know, what I'm saying people aren't even living these lives. The people don't have these relationships. They say they're not living the lives the way they say. So social media plays a big role in securities. I kind of had to step back from it. I had to step back from Twitter, Instagram everything because it was like really affecting me you know what i had to do i unfollowed everybody that i thought made me feel some type of way that's smart i stopped watching people's stories because of that or stopped going to their page more or it kind of just unfollowed them it made I me feel like if i'm going to your page and comparing myself to you i don't know what the fuck you go through outside of social media because honestly people only post what they want you to see exactly they could be fucking crying every night, depressed as fuck and everything else, but you wouldn't know that based on their page. So if I went to somebody that I felt like, for lack of better words, I was idolizing based on social media, mm-hmm. I unfollowed them. Simple as that. And I've had people like write me on social media and say, oh, I might be feeling my drink a little bit. I feel like my words learned. <laughs> but I've had people like write me on social media and maybe say certain things that be like, oh, you like you live this, this blissful life. And I'd be like, yeah, people be like coming up to me like, oh, you're about to get married soon, right? I'm like, excuse me? There's nothing that I could have possibly ever posted to make you think that. Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Just because I post a picture, being happier in the moment doesn't mean like that's my life. And like literally like the last two weeks, I've had to pull back from everything and take a step and really focus on myself because all that was affecting the way I moved. It was making me feel like way by myself and being insecure. Is, that's the ugliest thing that you could ever do as a woman because it makes it like you're weak. Because when I see somebody insecure, I'm like, oh, she's weak as fuck. You know what I'm saying? She's weak. Like she, I can get in her mind very easily because she's so weak. And I don't want anybody to ever think that they can get in my mind. Like I can't, like I cannot be insecure over no social media shit. Like I don't care how many likes you have. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care what the case is. The thing is you that are the not me. With a lot of followers be the most insecure ones. Most insecure, most, most self-doubting people. Like And living crazy. I just uh, saw this one girl that I guess goes, um, or goes viral all the time. She has a lot of followers. She's like this big model or whatever, influence on social media, but her roommate exposed her. Like, you don't never have money for the rent. This is how you're really living dirty, nasty, traveling shit, and all the clothes you have is from, like, uh, companies sending them to you. Like, you can't even afford clothes. Yo, there was the same situation. It's a girl. There was a girl so popping on the internet all these likes go out to like public every nigga was on her line social media popping all this and that and i'm like i had a conversation one time with a friend who was mutual and um the friend we talked she i was like yeah saying like oh my god she you know what i'm saying she what does she do like she's popping like she lives this grand lifestyle like she can dress like blah, blah blah like you know every nigga's on her line she was like girl you don't know that she every time she goes out it takes her two hours to get out the house because she hates how she looks she hates everything she puts on she thinks she can't dress and i'm like really 
She gets like 1,500 likes every fucking picture. She's like, yeah, she's very insecure. That's why she can't keep a nigga. I'm like, oh. That's crazy. Like crazy as fuck. But that's really how the fuck it be. Yeah. But that's really how the fuck it be. Like, it be it be the ones that you idolize that be the most fucking insecure. Do you think Kim K is insecure? No, I don't. I really don't. Let me just say this. I feel like they have so much money. Yes, they can sometimes have insecurities, but the attention they get, the fame they have, the money they have, the clout they have, the businesses they have, the stability they have. I do not think Kim K is insecure. Money doesn't buy happiness. I know, but the way Prime she... Prime example, Kate Spade. The way she carries herself, I don't think Kim K is insecure. Nikki is on Nikki Instagram. is more insecure than Kim K. And I'm a Nikki fan more than a Kim. I don't like Kim K. Not to say I don't like her, but I, I don't idolize her. Instagram that you would think was very fucking insecure. I don't think insecure as fuck. Kim K not insecure. She's not insecure on that level. She is, like she knows Kanye's not going show? nowhere. Pay attention. I don't. I don't watch that fuck. shit. I think um, what's her name? The oldest one. She might be Courtney. Courtney's insecure. No, Courtney is the best of all of them. You don't think? So? I don't watch the show. I have never watched the whole episode. Like the only episode I fully watched was the episode where they got into arguments, like the second season, and her sister. Kim and Chloe are insecure as fuck. Courtney don't give two fucks. She's like, look, you girls go be hoes all you want. I'm going to be a mom. I'm not doing your photo shoot. I don't care about working. I saw that. I care about my kids. Twitter, yeah. But that's always how she is. All the time. Like, that's my bitch. You think it's too late to have Kardashian money? Fuck no. You can always get Kardashian money. Because Kim didn't get put on until she was like in her late 20s, right? And she only got put on for the sex tape of Ray J. And I remember this one episode when they was arguing, she told Courtney, I bought you a whole career. You put your entire family on based on your one sex tape. Yo, your they were is, arguing, yeah. She bought a Bentley and, and somebody was like, yeah, go ahead and get your Bentley that we can't afford because you fucked on TV. And I'm like, oh, that was the only episode that I ever saw of Keeping Up the Kardashians. And that was when she was dating Reggie Bush. And I think he had bought her the Bentley or something. Their mom pimped them. Yeah, Their she did. Their mom pimped them. And this clip just went viral. <laughs> she did. This clip just went viral of Kendall being a um, model. And it was about Chris saying how she called everybody she knew to get her into Wellamina, whatever they're called, model agency. And somebody that's a model had retweeted and the shit went viral. Like, real models go through rejection, all of these. They'll never go through everything that. Else, and all Chris had to do was make a fucking fuck. Make a few phone calls, and Kendall is one you of know, the No, I don't models. respect them either because the whole shit that happened with Kylie and all of them, we know what, like, the whole, cam- the orange camo era. Have you, did you see that tweet where everybody was wearing the orange camo? Yeah. A black girl had started bringing that back, and she had put all the, the all the emails of her talking to the Kardashians. Because I remember, I remember. Initially, I they remember. were supposed to work together. And so then she they was talking, they shit. stole all that shit, and, and they I, made and more I, money. Yeah. People go, uh, and they trademarked it after she did it, but she, of course, she didn't have the money to do You don't, you don't have Kardashian money. Of course, they're going to over Trump you. Kylie was using somebody's music for her um, promo- promos. And I remember the person was like, I wish you would credit me on my music. You're using on my promos. You have such and such million views on it. And you didn't See, that's why I understand to, let me not, let me specify, I understand to a certain extent what Nikki is saying about the promo. Not saying that she's right, but I get what she's saying. She's about, mad that she is mad. Cardi B paid DJs to not play that. the song. No, I'm talking about the whole thing with Travis Scott. She's mad because... He, because Kylie, 
promoted his album more than her, more than him and used Storm as an like as a reason. She only posted that one thing saying, "Come see me and Stormy at the concert." But that is Kylie Jenner. Just like we said about the camo pants, all that. She's a Kardashian. I don't think that that's the same though. I think it's the same. She was just I get what for she, her I man. get what she's that and but I get what she's saying. Like she was hating for saying that out loud, but I get it. That was something I would think like, oh, this bitch, blah, 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 blah. Like, damn, well, he was smart about it. I get what she's saying, but her her the way she put it, her context was wrong. Like, you just can't say things like that. You know what I mean? You can't if even if you're hating, that's the key. Don't make yourself sound like a hater. Keep that shit inside of you so you don't care no more. You know what I mean? Then it will eventually go away. Cause anything I've been beefing I, about Kylie posting, come see me and Stormy at the concert. Because anything I've ever felt insecure about, like especially if it's like a woman or something, time always seems to heal it. Because the universe or whoever makes me see something that no needs to be insecure about. You said the universe always what? Tells me, you know, when to let it go or it's nothing for me to be insecure about, basically. To be honest, I've gone through, um, I've gone through situations where I thought that I was insecure and I might have gone through that for a little bit and then I had to remember like, bitch, yeah, remember who the fuck you are and what the fuck you're about. Like, even now, like, I look at myself, I'm like, yo, like, I embarrassed myself. Like, I made myself insecure for something I had no right to be insecure about, to compare myself to nobody have to compare myself to. And it all, like, really starts with loving yourself and being in love with yourself. Your imperfections, your everything. Like, if, if you're insecure over a nigga, like, yo, why is, why is he with you then? What is it about you that's so special he's with? And think everything about you that's so bomb, everything about you that's so bomb that he's with you for. Like, that's what I really have to do every time I'm insecure. Like, you know what? I deserve this or I'm worthy of this or I'm this good to have this. Or even if I have these flaws, like I still have 30 other things that are bomb about me. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I get over my insecurity. Like, I have to tell myself, like, you're bomb as fuck. Like, even up your dumb shit, you're bomb. Like, even on your worst fucking day, my worst day, I'm still like nobody sitting next to you. Nobody sitting next to me. Fuck it. That'd be me. That'd be my mindset. Oh, and there's one thing that you can do that I can always do. Always. And I'm the best at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap it up. You know, we like to wrap up with a mental health fact. Um, today, we're going to talk about emotional and behavior disorders. Mm. So according to Wikipedia, which has become a credible source nowadays, it didn't used to be credible because people could go in there and edit it, but it has actually known to be a credible source. Emotional behavior disorders, other known as EBD, sometimes called emotional disturbance or serious emotional disturbance, disturbance, refer to a disability classification used in educational settings that allows educational institutions to provide special education and related services to, to students that have poor social or academic adjustments that cannot be better explained by biological abnormalities or developmental disabilities. I can relate because I used to be a teacher and in the teacher settings, um, you would really have to think to yourself, like, does this person have an emotional disturbance or, like, what is the deal? Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, not even remember, but I hate when teachers try to say, like, oh, they have ADHD or ADD. Like, first of all, you're no doctor. Who the fuck are you to diagnose? Yeah. Let, let's stop there. Second of all, you need to speak to the parent and tell them what your concerns are. 
But you know, some it, it could just be acting out like um, a student that may not be smart as everybody else in the classroom. Mm-hmm. They may tend to be the class ca- class clown, mm-hmm. or they may tend to be the one that wants to be disruptive, or they may tend to be the one that always has something negative to say. And it's just because they think that maybe that they can't keep up with their peers or can't keep up, um, you know, with what's going on. But if you really spent some a little bit extra time with them and got on their level and helped them feel like they were included in everything that was going on, even though they felt lost, it, it makes all of the fucking difference. You know, it's crazy. Some people only need one thing to give them that jump start that little ounce of hope, like just one thing. It doesn't have to be like something grand, but something. It could be one moment, one person. One moment, one person, one statement. Like prime example, Miss Canty, that that time she she spoke to me about my appearance, that made a difference in my life as a child. I was in the fourth grade. Oh, and I didn't. And to this day, it makes a difference in my life. Like the black and the bread and sweet of the juice, bitch, you thought. Yeah, I didn't even mention how I got over my stigma at Hampton. There was this one guy who came up to me and said, you are beautiful and you are beautifully brown. Where are you from? And he was from California. And from that moment, I was like, yo, I'm about to be brown skin and fucking beautiful. I <laughs> never looked back and wanted to be light skin again. It just takes really one comment. To be I did, but that one comment like solidified me never wanting to be light skin again, ever. It's crazy. But yeah. So guys, look at the back of your insurance cards. If you don't have insurance, then talk to your friends. Y'all got plugs for everything. We're at the age where people are graduating with their bachelor's and master's and these type of issues. Or they know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Or you have family members that fucking know somebody or have these these um credentials to fucking help you. Mental health is important, especially in a black community. And please, please, please don't use your friends as your therapist because they have problems of their own. So please go talk to somebody. It's professional. Okay. You're not crazy. Neutral. They're a neutral party. They can really, really, really help. So keep your mental aligned so everything in your life can be aligned as long as your mental is aligned. Be positive each day. Bring peace to other people's life and peace will come back to you. It is okay to get help. It's okay. We do it. I do it. <laughs> I do it and we're encouraging you to fucking do it. Yes. Go to therapy, guys. Get your meditation. Do everything you can to be positive. If you like to pray. Mentor. If you like to pray, pray. Pray, pray a million times If you a day. don't like to pray, sometimes spending a long time works. Go for a walk. Go for a run. Sit outside. Stimulate your mind. Nature. <sighs> Yes, be grounded. Being grounded. Put your feet in the grass for 20 minutes. I right. bet you'll feel different. Right. You know, one thing that made a difference to me is writing, writing it down and putting it in a metal bucket and setting it on fire. Mm. Like releasing it. Sit in the sun. That helps too. The sun brings you good energy. Anything you can do to better yourself is always a good thing. But like always, I'm Amber. You can find me on my Instagram, Amber, please, and my What's my Twitter? Oh, my God. My Twitter is Ace of Ams. I don't get on my Twitter like that. But, yeah, that's my information. Follow me on Instagram. I make him say um, my Twitter is code underscore case underscore love. That's so crazy. Both of my handles are from songs. I make him say it's that Lady Gaga kid Cuddy and Code Case Love is Rihanna. Oh, <laughs> oh and follow our um, Instagram, our podcast Instagram table underscore underscore manners underscore. It's been real. Bye.